G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hi, it's Neil Johnson and welcome to today's 2020 podcast on the Vision Radio Network. Remember, you can hear 2020 from 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Time. That's from 11 Eastern Daylight Saving Time on the Vision Radio Network. Well, from time to time, it's good to be able to hear the stories of prominent Christian men and women throughout Australia. Our guest today has been able to juggle career and family and rise to be influential in health, aged care and social policy reform. Lynn Pizzullo is the lead partner of Health Economics and Social Policy and a director of Deloitte Access Economics. Lynn's also studying a PhD right now on the cost of illness with a focus on abortion. Lynn, as an influential Christian career woman and as a mother, it's good to be able to welcome you to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Good to talk to you. Lynn, from time to time, we'll be watching our news on television or listening to the radio news and uh, we'll see Access Economics uh, being questioned as to the integrity of governments and uh, and policies, uh, costings and those sorts of things that are so important when it comes to the governance of a nation. You are right there in the middle of uh, Access Economics and the lead partner of the Health Economics and Social Policy Division. How did you get to be in that role and uh, what difference does it make as a Christian to be in a position of looking at those details? Thanks, Neil. That's probably got a long answer. So I started off doing an economics degree at the University of Adelaide. I graduated and started working in uh, the Australian federal government in 1987. Um, I worked until about the mid-1990s. By that stage, I'd had three of my children um, and I took some time out of the workforce. And then when I was off work, I was asking God to direct my life into new areas. And uh, I had been working in international economics. I felt called to move into health economics. So I started working in access economics uh, in the year 2000, um, going back to work after my fourth and youngest childhood was about one, turned one. Um, worked from home, worked part-time initially, uh, gradually built a third part of the access economics business because to that point there had been uh, really a focus on macroeconomics and microeconomics in the non-health sectors and also on investment. Um, we spun off a separate company in 2006, which is Access Capital Advisors, taking the investment arm out. And so then we started up a new part of the business, which, which had grown by that stage to be about a third of the Access Economics practice, uh, which was the health economics and social policy practice. And, and I headed that up and became a director in 2006 and became chair of the board of Access Economics at that time as well. I went on to become the Telstra ACT Businesswoman of the Year in 2008, and then, of course, we negotiated the merger with Deloitte in 2011 in March. So now I head the business nationally, and it is a global practice. We do do business in five continents as well. Um, and we also, I'm also the office managing partner for Deloitte in Canberra, so we've picked up a tax practice and an audit practice and a consulting practice and, and a 
private sector practice and a risk services practice that I've had to get my head around in the last two years as well. And, and what it means to be a Christian in that environment, I think, well, it's, it's often very um, an interesting question and there's, there's lots of answers to that. I think part of it is obviously being able to um, have a good understanding of work-life balance and um, to really make sure that you've got your priorities right in terms of your children and, and the business. Um, and I have, as I said, you know, worked from home and had very the, the, the fortune of having very flexible work um, conditions and that has made it easier for, for myself. Um, and also I think being a mum really has enabled me to be a better manager. It's taught me amazing project management skills. Um, but of course, another part of being a Christian is being very ethical in your practice and um, prioritising, you know, what what you would normally consider to be the fruit of the spirit, um, love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control are all attributes of business practice that it's important to exercise in the workplace as well. Lynn, you're quite in demand too as a speaker and I suspect that uh, for when, when it comes to uh, women as a role model of someone who's been able to juggle all of those different dimensions of life, uh, I guess there would be some women who'd be saying, uh, how does she do it? Yeah, I think it's really important to have role models and people who inspire you and to not to be afraid to to go to people and say, look, would you mentor me in this area or you know, if you're struggling with something, to find somebody to learn from and to not be, you know, and to not think that you can do it all yourself or you can do it without any consultation or to be embarrassed about a weakness that you might have. Um, and of course, it's really important to pray about all of those things too and to bring them to trusted Christian friends to pray with um, so that you can overcome any, um, you know, any obstacles or barriers either in what you're doing in your Christian walk, because I do a lot of not-for-profit work as well, um, or in your workplace or in your family. And Lynn, you're also a reviewer for the Medical Journal of Australia. And uh, I guess for people to get their head around the idea that there might be experts writing articles, uh, but you get to be the reviewer. You actually get to uh, to cost and to identify problems and weaknesses with the types of arguments that uh, medical experts are putting about the state of uh, medicine and and the future for Australian policy? Well, often the articles are very specifically about health economics, which is quite a niche little area, and it's it's quite complex for, for radio audiences. But really what it's about is is to understand how to utilise resources in the in the health sector most appropriately for the future so that you know, we can get the most healthy life for every dollar spent. Um, and that's really important because, you know, it's a, it's a very big sector. It's the largest sector in the Australian economy now. Um, and it's, and we, we're increasing our longevity each year by about three weeks. So life expectancy is, is increasing. There is, of course, a rising burden of, of chronic disease that goes with that. And so effective early interventions and, and best practice are really important to implement and it's, it's actually very exciting being a part of that transition in Australia. Well Lynn, there are so many dimensions uh, that we can talk to you about and uh, given that you have been so heavily involved in pregnancy support, and I'd love to be able to hear your story on that, but, but also uh, in the studies that you're doing at the moment when it comes to the cost of illness. Now, what we're talking about, I guess, is the cost to the Australian economy, and you've been focusing in on 
the issue of abortion. I wonder if you'd stay with us. We'll come back and talk some more about that shortly. You're listening to the 2020 Daily Podcast on the Vision Radio Network. We're back talking with one of our nation's influential Australian women of Christian faith, Lynn Pizzullo, who's been able to juggle career and family and rise to be influential in health, aged care and social policy reform. Lynn is the lead partner of Health Economics and Social Policy and a director of Deloitte Access Economics. And if you're listening to our earlier segment, Lynn's also a mum and is studying her PhD in the area of the cost of illness. Lynn, it's been a very long interest of yours being involved with pregnancy support, and I know children are very close to your heart. What's your story of being involved in support for mothers and babies? Yeah, Neil, it's been a long journey. I had three beautiful babies uh, in 1990, 1993 and 1995, two boys and a girl. I found out um, very shortly after the birth of my of my little daughter that I was actually pregnant again and it was um, within six months of her being born, so it was obviously quite um, a surprise. We, we uh, did find out during the course of that pregnancy that it was a baby girl. Um, we called her Gabrielle. Um, and we're very happy, obviously, with the pregnancy. But unfortunately, in my 39th week, um, which is pretty much when I usually give birth, and we went to have the final ultrasound, and it showed that um, there was no heartbeat and that Gabrielle had died in utero. Um, the reason was that she'd had a knot in her umbilical cord and um, had had asphyxiated, had not been able to get um, the, you know, the um, oxygen that she needed. So it was... Uh, a horrible time, obviously, a time of grief and of great crying out to God. And uh, what he did put on my heart through that time was that there are so many women who have experienced the loss of a child. Um, I had no idea the extent of abortion prior to that. I think I'd lived in some sort of fairyland, really, because I thought abortion was perhaps, you know, happened in one in a thousand pregnancies or something. I thought it was very rare. I found out that it, it actually is about one in four pregnancies uh, ends up in a termination in Australia, that there are 100,000 terminations each year. Um, and that there are a lot of women for whom it really is not a choice at all. And the whole rhetoric of choice does not fit with what happens with termination of pregnancy. And in many cases, um, you know, it is in extremely difficult circumstances for women. Um, I found out that 98% of, of abortions actually are not for anything that's related to the baby or the, or the mother's health, which is typically you know, also a misnomer that there's some risk to the baby's life or to the mother's life. Uh, but but most, almost the large majority of, um, of the abortions that happen in Australia are for what's called socioeconomic reasons. In other words, the timing isn't right or... Um, the financial situation isn't right. And certainly I have no judgment at all of, of women who are in that position or who are post-aborted. You know, what, what I've learnt through working in pregnancy support services and with post-aborted women is that empathy is just so important and that re- it really is a cultural issue and that many people just drift into it without realising the impacts. And so my, my PhD thesis is very much about the impacts of abortion on women and what it actually costs because there's been some great research from Priscilla Coleman, Professor Priscilla Coleman in the United States about the mental health um, sequelae, so the increase in depression, anxiety, suicide and all sorts of other mental health disorders that can occur uh, post an abortion and often are not connected with the abortion for many, many years. But in fact, about 10% of um, mental health conditions in women in the United States are attributable to 
to abortion and that's what my research topic is on, what that percentage would be in Australia and what that translates to in terms of you know, health system dollars and just loss of healthy life and quality of life for, for women. Lynn, it never ceases to amaze me the way God uses uh, personal grief and tragedy uh, to be the inspiration and the motivation for uh, moving towards social change. And you are a prime example of that, and you've become interested in the whole area of pregnancy support and abortion. And you're able to, perhaps better than than anyone, uh, be able to quantify uh, some of the cost to the nation of uh, issues like abortion and uh, and of course as Christians uh, we're often brought back to this issue and it's considered to be an issue that is pro-life and Christians are typically pro-life. When it comes to the cost of abortion and you mentioned that there are a broad range of aspects uh, attributable to that cost, what does it cost a nation uh, that is not caring for and valuing its unborn? Well, I haven't got to the end of my PhD, actually. I'm only one year in, Neil. So we'll have to wait for that one. <laughs> Three more years and I'll give you the answer. But what I will say is, you know, what we have been doing over the years um, since um, 1997 and Gabriel's um, death was that we have been become very involved, my husband and myself, in um, organisations like Carinia House for Mothers and Babies. So I was the founding director of that support service and we had a second house here in Canberra, Erin House, and subsequently I've worked um, you know, for the Australian uh, Pregnancy Support Organisation and also as its executive officer for a short time and also worked for um, as a director of the board of Women's Forum Australia and most recently um, on the board of Real Choices Australia which provides pregnancy counselling training services and a whole variety of pregnancy support network services um, and you can look up Real Choices Australia on the web if you want to and, and Deb Garrett is the executive officer there who will be happy to provide further information for, any, for anyone who is interested in receiving training as a pregnancy, pregnancy support counsellor. It's online and it's, um, it's really good quality training that's accredited and it's a registered training organisation. So there's, there's that sort of um, aspect and also when you were talking about cost of illness, it, I should add that it's, you know, this sort of work is not just limited to uh, pregnancy and termination. Certainly it's a, an area of work that I developed in the uh, early part of my time in, in access economics and have ne- is, um, now writing sort of best practice um, methods for, for using this, this uh, approach um, worldwide and I've co-authored a paper with John Hopkins University with a fellow professor over there, Kevin Frick, um, on how to adopt the best practice approaches to measuring the cost of illness. We've, we've done 57 studies now globally on all sorts of different therapeutic areas and it's very valuable to know what the costs are because then of course there's an imperative to uh, look at how effective it can be to implement solutions to things from heart attacks to eating disorders to cancers to muscular dystrophy to multiple sclerosis and and um, it's provided a body of evidence which has been very valuable for policy um, formulation. Lynn, let me just bring you back to uh, issues of faith because it seems to me that faith and influence go hand in hand and you've been able to capture the reality of what it is to be influential uh, and you've obviously gone through a long training time uh, to become influential and your Christian ethics, your Christian faith colours all that you do. What would you say to women who are listening into us now saying, well, 
I'm stuck doing what I'm doing. I wonder how I could take the next step to uh, improve the opportunities that I might have to be an influence in my community. I think there's a beautiful scripture, which is, you know, whatever it is that you do, work at it with all your heart is for the Lord. And I think um, that you know, God blesses that. And he also tells us to pray, you know, in the Proverbs, to ask the Lord to bless your plans and you'll be successful in carrying them out. I think a, a lot of um, being influential is really about applying the scripture, you know, claiming the scripture and asking God for that blessing and to, to um, you know, to bless your productive work, whether it's in the workplace or in the home or in the not-for-profit sector. Uh, he is faithful and he's good and he'll do that. Lynn Bazzullo is the head partner of Health Economics and Social Policy and the director of Deloitte Access Economics. And Lynn, I've got to say, it's just been a pleasure hearing your heartbeat today and knowing that you're pursuing those things that you know and believe that God has called you to do in your area of expertise and that it truly is uh, influential and for most of us it's difficult to understand some of those things but uh, certainly appreciate your time sharing uh, some of those things and your heartbeat with us today. Lynn Pizzullo thanks for being with us on 2020. Thanks Neil, it's a pleasure. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au and remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au